Welcome to The Natural Underground, the radio show and podcast dedicated to the natural food industry. I'm your host, Al Springer. This show is brought to you by New Brand University, the educational arm of the Touch Agency. Joining me in the studio today, as always, our expert team of brand builders. We have Ryan, who, like a five-year-old at bedtime, this dude will argue with you over every possible time. Do not. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Ryan. Good joke, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, and sadly, sa- I know, he's arguing with me again. Yeah. Isn't he? And sadly, you often the guy arguing with you is the one who ends up crying himself <laughs> to sleep, just wanting the whole thing to stop. That voice and that laugh you hear is Jessalyn, who, like Liam Neeson, and I, hopefully I say that name right, Ooh. I always botch that up, uh, she has a particular set of skills. <laughs> she will find you. And she will help you market your tiny brand. So that's I'm on my way. Yes, that's right. Okay, we have an awesome show for today. We get a chance to have in the studio Jack and Lance of Boomerang's Aussie Meat Pies. Mm-hmm. And these are traditional meat pies. Don't worry, they do have a vegan and a vegetarian option for those of that sort of uh, bent. But they are incredibly delicious. We're so excited to talk to these guys. They're known as the Pie Guys, at least in their own heads. But I think also... (laughs) They've asked us to call them that. That's right. (laughs) Never refer to them by name. They're just now the Pie Guys. Right? But that's what they're known in our industry. And we're going to pick their brains about how they created these delicious, uber-flaky, wonderful... Uh, meat pies. And we're also going to talk to them a little bit about how they built their brand, right? We always have an entrepreneurial side uh, to this show. But in order to get ready for having some Australian meat pie guys on, we thought we would kind of talk a little bit more about our friends. Say it. Down under. Down under. Down under. (laughs) So here are some fun Australia facts. Uh, Australia has over 10,000 beaches, and I love me some beaches. Mm -hmm. So let me tell you. Toes in the water. But this is a weird fact. 10,000 of them. If you went to a beach every day. For the almost the rest of your life, it'd be how many years before you got to a beach the second time? Uh, Twenty-seven years. And that I is... hope I have longer than that. Hmm. Well, you know, <laughs> you, never you never know. know. They might as well go out on a beach. Well, given yeah. the shark situation down there, if you swim in, <laughs> in uh, ten thousand beaches, far. eventually you'll never make it. And the snake situation. And... Yeah, we're going to talk about yeah. that in a second. Absolutely. Well, speaking of Australian animals, uh, I liked this. Australia has ten times more camels than koalas. Mm. I don't think of it as camel country. No, mm-mm. but uh, I don't really encounter either of those animals on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> I wouldn't think so, <laughs> particularly not no. koalas here in Texas. No. Um, they also have uh, every one of the top 10 most deadly snakes in the world. Ooh. I stepped out of my front door the other day, and there was what I thought was maybe a coral snake, which is can be deadly, I guess, if it gets your... But it has such a tiny little mouth, it can only get your toe. So from now on, I'll never wear flip-flops out my front door again. You probably shouldn't. Scorpions and all that, too. Scary. Wearing flip-flops right now. Yeah. Watch your toes. (laughs) The red kangaroo is the national animal of Australia. Didn't know they came in colors? The kangaroo wasn't exotic (laughs) enough. I want to go blue. The red kangaroo. I want to go with the blue one. purple kangaroo. (laughs) Also, there are more sheep than people living in Australia. I can buy that. Seems Mm -hmm. like a lot of sparse, spread out, beautiful country. I bet they're hot down there, though. Yeah. Down yeah. under. Down under with the sweater. <laughs> oh, I know I just did New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I did Get Long Island. I did Long Island. I can't. Oh. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Matt. Matt. Uh, so, yeah, let's work on our accents because, as we know, I'm, like, mailing it over here. We would so annoy them if we did the entire interview with just... <laughs> 
bad Australian accent. Oh, so die, leave. might. Yeah, they'd probably leave. So, Al, let's let's hear your best accent. Can you try to say uh, like, "Let's go catch some waves at the beach"? No, I will not. But I will do this. <laughs> cool. Thank you for playing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's not a knife. This is a knife. Oh, that's go. nice. Again, right. movie references from 1987. <laughs> Thank you for dating yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's all I know. Ryan, what can you uh, cook up for us? Uh, Australia and mm-hmm. then Foster's Australian yeah. for beer. He's probably <laughs> sipping on a Foster's yeah. as we sit here today. That yeah. one stuck with me. Drinking yeah. a beer. Mm-hmm. Um, so now that Expo's over, we're a few weeks out. Al, I know you have something on your mind. Oh, I've been so stressed out about this. I know. We've heard all about it, and I don't want to be the only one here who has to listen to this. (laughs) Okay, so check this out, guys. So we go to a big trade show twice a year for the natural food industry called Expo. And I was at one in Baltimore just a few weeks ago. And I go to this thing, and I have this great meeting in the morning, right? So what happens at the trade show, we meet a lot of brands who come talk to us and want us to help them figure out their marketing plan, strategy, sales, whatever. So I met this couple, and they talked about their beverage, and they were wonderful. They were, And what kind of stood out is they were really nice-looking people. Mm-hmm. I don't mean that in a weird way. Mm-hmm. They were just nice-looking people. So they, they sort of looked like they had stumbled off the pages of like a Ralph Lauren catalog. So you remembered them. Later that day, they sent me an email, one of the two of them, saying, hey, it was great meeting. We really enjoyed you guys. Want to look right. forward to talking in the near future. So they were kind of top of mind. Here's where it all turns so Not terribly excuse, south. Not but go on. So terribly <laughs> south. So I leave this expo, and there were about 28,000 people at this year's industry show. Right. So as I come out, imagine you're all leaving a building. Thousands of people, tens of thousands are leaving at the same time, so it's a big, busy crowd. I break to the right. I'm walking down through this traffic, and I look up, and I see the guy. And he's kind of crossing in front what of me. What are the chances? That, well, pretty good because we were all at the same meeting just hours <laughs> earlier, but I know what you're saying. But there's still thousands of people. So I see him and I make eye contact and I say, hey. And I'm, I'm waiting for him to kind of give you, oh, buddy, just met you this morning. already wrote you an email. Yeah. He looks at me like I'm just some dude that wandered out of a bus station. And Which so, you are. Well, I am. In a lot of ways. I, sometimes I appear that way. So <laughs> I, I, And I can see that the lady that I met with him, very pretty woman with blonde hair, is is there to the right. So um, um, I say it again, like, hey, and this time I'm starting to lean towards like I'm going to hug. My, my arm is stretched mm. out like I'm going to hug the, the woman while I'm still making eye contact with the guy, which I think is the appropriate way to approach couples. Right. I don't, maybe I'm wrong. But so <laughs> anyway, I see his face. Now, this time, since he didn't recognize, you know, didn't seem to acknowledge me, I upped my game. So I said, <laughs> doubled down. hey, I doubled down. And then as I'm reaching out to hug her, I say, you know me. It's me. You guys know me. (laughs) And here's the horrible part. Right as I'm doing this, Aaron Henderson, who, you know, is a key guy at the touch agency, and I'm with him at Expo, he starts to pull the back of my shirt. And he said, you don't know them. That's so sad. You don't know her. That's Robin Wright. (laughs) No, God, please, no. The actress from House of Cards and Princess Bride. (laughs) And she was Jenny in in, uh, Forrest Gump. I mean, this was not cool at all. I was getting old. And instead oh, of God, committing, do? Oh, instead no. of committing like a man to the rest of the yeah, event, I've seen your shows. Her and saying your show, I just went me 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 me, and then banged <laughs> to the left. And you know that that lady was thinking, 
This poor fool can't tell the difference between people he sees on I've television. I've seen you on the TV. Yeah, on the TV. I'm the other guy on the side of the screen looking at you. You know me. We're friends because we look at each other we through the We eat dinner t- together every night. Every night. I watch you. And she couldn't. And so she looks so. F- watching confusion turn to fear was not very. Satisfying. You know me. You know me. I'm Al. <laughs> but, oh, so it just it was awful so, so just, i have to tell you the rest of that evening and dinner i was sweating i felt bad i was so worried i was going to run into him it turns out robin wright lives there because i guess they film house of cards there right it's cheaper probably than doing it in dc which is only like 45 minutes away yeah so, so if you see al and he says don't you know me yeah. we're sorry he doesn't mean to oh so <laughs> bad look we're gonna turn this show around right now and we we're gonna take a break and when we come back, we told you already, we're going to have the guys from uh, Boomerang's Aussie Meat Pies, Jack and Lance. You're going to love their story. You're going to learn a lot about the evolution of how all of that happened, right? How meat pies kind of evolved. You might think of pot pies and um, empanadas. And they're going to tell you that whole story. It's going to be great. We're going to be back. You're listening to The Natural Underground. Welcome back to The Natural Underground. As we mentioned before the break, our guests today know a tremendous amount about a lot of things. Uh, better for you foods, convenient foods, Australia, the history of meat pies, everything. This interview is going to be tasty and fun. We're joined today in the studio by Jack and Lance, the Pie Guys from Boomerang's Aussie Meat Pies. Trust me when I tell you this is the tastiest show prep I think we've uh, ever done for an interview. I mean, these things are addictive. My personal favorite, the chicken and mushroom. But we'll learn more about that in a minute. Lance and Jack, welcome to the Natural Underground. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All right, so got to ask you, when you say Aussie meat pies or just meat pies, what is a meat pie? Is it like a pot pie? It's a handheld Aussie meat pie, so it has a short pastry on the bottom. It's about the size of your hand, and it has a flaky puff pastry with layers and layers of uh, puff pastry. Delicious layers. And, oh, they're absolutely. That's the that is what makes the pie. And inside, we have all natural ingredients. It might have all natural white meat chicken with mushrooms. We might have uh, white meat chicken and black beans and red and green bell peppers and an adobe sauce, which is our Southwest chicken. So that's what a, a meat pie is. It's an easy, quick uh, meal that you can pop in the oven or the microwave so is there what's the history of the meat pie and is it unique to australia how does that work no, actually, the meat pie started back uh, in Roman times. If you would think about it, they would take the pie, the stew of the day, and they would take that and they said, well, what are we going to do with it? So they would put it in a pastry. Uh, and with that pastry, they did it for several reasons. One is it kept the stew uh, protected. Uh, two is it kept it warm as, as a natural yeah, that insulator. Makes sense. And then three, they uh, could use it for handheld. So think about being in Rome uh, several thousand years ago, and the Roman soldier or citizen on the street would see a guy in a cart, and he would have the meat pie, uh, and that's how they would have their lunch or dinner, or at the Colosseum. That's what they would eat uh, to... uh, to satisfy their taste there in, in original concession-type foods. So you're saying they couldn't stop at a convenience store? Couldn't stop at a convenience store. 
this um, was kind of the convenience store item. In other words, it was portable, so you could carry it with you. It was portable. It was easy. And what the Romans did is they basically spread it through their empire. So the Spanish turned it into an empanada, uh, while the British kept it as the traditional meat pie. The British then took it around their empire, and when it got to the American colonies, the Dutch colonists got a hold of it, and they changed a few things. One is they changed the pastry, so it wasn't handheld anymore. And two is they sort of moved it more to just to chicken and vegetables, uh, thus the American pot pie. That's the pot pie. You got oh, it. Oh, That's very where cool. we see it. But in uh, Australia and South Africa and in Britain, you still have that traditional meat pie. And what Jack and I have done simply through our connections and being part of uh, – tied in with Australia is we brought that back to uh, the uh, American uh, colonies, uh, now the United States. Excellent. Very interesting. So let's kind of jump ahead for a moment. How did you get your first pie made? I mean, that had to be like you see them, you see them in Australia, but now you want to go make one. Was that hard? And how did that process go? Well, it, it, yes, it was definitely, definitely hard. Let's back up a little bit to how we first discovered the pies. We, we both have Australia ties, as Lance just mentioned. I was working for a high tech company here in, here in Austin, and I got sent to Australia for three years. And lo and behold, walking around Manly Beach in Sydney, Australia, my first day, beautiful country, was excited, hadn't reported to work yet, and we were walking away, walking around. My wife was hungry. I wasn't. We, I said, why don't you get one of these meat pies? You know, they're supposed to be, you know, pretty amazing. And Are there little stands everywhere? Is there's, that the- there's mom and pop shops. There's franchise little, you know, pie shops everywhere. You can, they're in the frozen section. They're everywhere. That's their iconic meal of Australia. So we'd heard about these meat pies, but never had one. And, and so she walks in, sees on the menu chicken and mushroom. That was the comfort food that she needed, you know, being away from home in a new country. And uh, I saw her face when she bit into it, and, and I immediately grabbed it from her. And, and I think I finished <laughs> the rest that. of it. I, <laughs> and, you know, it was one of those eureka moments that just uh, the light bulb went off in my head. I was just like, wow, these things are incredible. We, we grew up eating Hot Pockets and Pot Pies and all that stuff. And, you know, all the stuff we don't necessarily consume today. And I was just like, why aren't these in America? And I just could not get these pies out of my head. And, and, as I mentioned, hadn't even, hadn't even reported to work. I knew exactly what I was going to do when you I You were already working on your next business. You had <laughs> reported exactly to right. the job day one, and you're like, I know where I'm going with this. That's right. This is my future. Exactly. So to take it to the United States, and I'm assuming that's your what was your first market, right? Correct. Um, how did you get the pie made? Because I would imagine that there's expertise going on in places like Australia. It isn't that easy just to immediately replicate somewhere in the U.S. Correct. Well, over the over the three years, you can imagine how many pictures of pies and and uh, information on pies that I accumulated. So I came back and had about two hundred photos of of pies and four pie tins. And I knew I do enjoy cooking and and you know, but I'm certainly not a chef by trade. So I went to the Cordon Bleu Academy and hired two instructors. And one was a pastry instructor, and one was a Lagrange in- instructor, Amy and Ahill, and and uh, they're a married couple, so that made it easy. So we spent about nine months in product development, and basically I said I ate just a tremendous amount of ate a variations tremendous of, amount of meat pies. pies. Uh, had all the flavors that you know ideally I wanted. Had the pictures of what they should look like, and and you know hired them to, to make it happen. And and what we did, it was a the, the hardest part was getting it handheld because you know Americans used their pot pies and that sort of thing. So the the crust was the hardest to figure out. That was the most intense. Uh, we we got the fillings pretty out pretty quickly, 
but the the crust took the longest. And what we did is once we had a product, then you know we tried to minimize as much risk as possible. You know, this is a new concept to America, uh, certainly to Austin. And what we did, we set up focus groups. We would set up uh, at 5K races, and anyone that was willing to fill out a answer a few questions on the taste, what they thought of the quality, where they would like to buy it, how much they would pay for it, any of those items that we could figure out and make some tweaks that would, would go, was, and, and demographic information as, as well. So anything that we can use that would help us tweak the product enough to where it would it would sell you know, in our, in our community and, and, and beyond is, is what we did. So we, we tried to minimize as much risk as, as we could and, and uh, go from there. You mentioned the crust. When you try these things, and Jessalyn, I think you would agree that the crust is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's so good, and it's flaky. So I think of like a, an American pot pie just as sort of a pie crust top, and, and mostly it's kind of flat and uneventful. Where this is truly crusty, flaky, delicious, it, uh, how, did, how, how important is that to the overall experience? That's uh, extremely important, uh, and that comes from Australia. And I'll, I'll jump back, as you heard from Jack, on how he discovered the pie. I'm married to an Australian, ah. so I was uh, real quickly. I was uh, back visiting the in-laws. Does she and, call you mate? Uh, no, she doesn't call okay. me mate. <laughs> A few other things, but not mate. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I was visiting uh, the in-laws, and. That evening, which was a Saturday, we were having a party, uh, an engagement party for my sister-in-law. And she, my mother-in-law, said, uh, let me go grab a quick, easy lunch. And uh, she went out, was back uh, 30 minutes later, and had a white bag of these uh, Aussie pies. And uh, I had one quickly and and ate it and was looking for my second one uh, and doing that. And that was sort of my induction uh, to the uh, Aussie pie and a light bulb went off, uh, very similar to how Jack did. And we we think it was about the same time frame uh, in in understanding uh, what the Aussie pie is. And I was going like, wow, why don't we have these in the United States? Part of that was that flaky crust. Yeah, when totally you, different. When you bite into it in that Aussie pie, it was it was amazing uh, that it just gave that perfect crunch of those layers. And the Aussies take great pride in doing that. And uh, that is a baking technique, basically, that you take our all-natural puff pastry margarine and you fold it into the into the dough. And it's layer after layer, fold after fold. Not easy to do. Trust me. Yeah. We've uh, had many, many a night. You guys have nights. many, many layers, About right? 30, oh, if you can believe. That's, that's uh, that crazy. Are in the, yeah, no, that's <laughs> why it tastes that way. But it's and, almost like two separate types of pastry. Like the bottom is thicker because it holds it all in. So does it, like the, if the bottom were flaky like the top, it would all fall apart in your hand. How do you manage to have that light flaky top and then the, the more substantial base? Basically, uh, they're two different pastries. On the bottom is our short pastry. So that that's uh, that's what we have on the bottom. On the top is the puff pastry. And again, as I was saying, is we basically fold in the margarine, the all-natural puff pastry margarine into the dough. And most people don't realize it's sort of like a croissant. When the that margarine, that all-natural margarine, uh, is in the oven, it boils, and that separates the uh, pastry, the dough, and that creates all the layers so that when you bite into it, you have that crunchy, flaky uh, taste, which is just absolutely brilliant. What you guys have done that's so amazing is you've delivered this incredibly great-tasting snack or meal, right, and yet you use all-natural ingredients. How important was having all-natural in there when you were looking to launch it in the U.S.? Yeah, extremely important because at the time when we were going through the the R and D process, calories were important. Yeah, then sodium was coming, and and now it's sugar. Yeah, you know, yep. and and 
we we set the goal at the beginning hey let's create a product the only preservative that we're going to use is cold air and let's make it as clean as possible and it, it's it's really done us well over the last few years because you see a lot of companies trying to reverse and try to re-engineer their products to make it more natural and it's just not working one you have that brand perception out there already that they're trying to change but we've always started from all natural ingredients uh, clean label because you have a much more educated consumer these days when I was growing up you know we didn't look at the back of a, of a carton very often and nowadays you have a much more educated consumer mainly driven by the Millennials you know they're paying more for product they're buying more natural and more organic right. they're buying on taste and convenient and you know they're they're looking for these items uh, to, to suit their needs because they're they're fully aware of, of all the stuff that you shouldn't be eating that we used to eat growing up right where so if somebody's interested let's say we had a listener who already is going insane they want to right now go buy this where do they find it what section of the store well we're in the, we're in the uh, frozen section of, of the grocery stores and uh, you can find us here locally in Austin at Whole Foods we started out in Whole Foods Whole Foods uh, has been a, a great uh, partner with us we we uh worked with them a lot in developing the product they had a they had a a, a good good uh opp- opportunity to to allow us to use you know some of their vendors whether it was the meat or the proteins or the beef or or really getting kind us in line with that the right, process right yep. supply process and awesome. and uh getting us in line very good you know what we're going to do this is this is interesting it's fun. It's obviously incredibly tasty for us here in the studio, as it should be for you uh, soon at home. We're going to keep these guys uh, over the break. If you want to know more about Boomerang's Aussie Meat Pies, visit their website at Boomerang's Pies. And that's with an S, right, guys? Boomerang's Pies. Yes, yep, that's correct. Dot com. Time for a break. When we come back, more Boomerang's Pies. You're listening to The Natural Underground. Welcome back to The Natural Underground. We are with Jack and Lance, the pie guys from Boomerang's Aussie Meat Pies. Uh, right in the end of our last segment, you talked about where you could buy boomerangs. What retailers around the country? A great question. Uh, we started with Whole Foods and also HEB being our hometown grocers. They have been fantastic partners and really have helped us as a small company and a small brand. Uh, and we're very honored to uh, quickly go uh, nationwide with Whole Foods in nine of their 11 divisions. Wow, that's good. It's a, quite an honor. Be in uh, some grocery chains? And we are in chains across the United States now. You can find us in many of the safe brands uh, in Texas that would be Tom Thumb or Randall's. You can also find us in Kroger here in Texas, wow. and you can find us in Wegmans up in the Northeast, Publix in the Southeast. So we're just you honored. You guys to are really, be, uh, really growing like crazy, but uh, it makes sense if you see it. So what you're looking for is a white box, and it has uh, boomerangs on it, uh, obviously in the pies, but it's almost like a cargo stamp design uh, that you can cannot miss if you look for it in that frozen food set. So I'm curious, you're both having your own sort of pie epiphany, falling in love with these Aussie meat pies. How did you two meet each other and decide to take on this endeavor together? Oh, great question. It was almost fate for the pie guys, I guess. So uh, romantic. <laughs> <laughs> not, not that way. Uh, it, they met in prison. It's, it's, a, pie, <laughs> it's a pie love affair. Um, so I got back to Austin after spending three years in Australia, living and working there, and, and couldn't get the pies out of my head, like I mentioned. And got back, and, and since you know it, it is a startup, and, and getting 
to the level that we're out now is is quite capital intensive. So we decided to open up a pie shop called Boomerangs. And so we opened up a on a little pie shop on the North Drag and, and started doing catering and, and uh, festivals, anything that would gain us the exposure till we could get in, you know, with Whole Foods and we started out in the prepared food section, that sort of thing. Well, shortly after I opened Lance came back from Australia talking Aussie pies with everything he knew. He's been in the food industry. Developed an accent. Most of his lives as well. <laughs> and uh, lo and behold, he comes across someone that knew me. He said, hey, uh, you need to go meet Jack. He used to, uh, he lived and worked in Australia and came back and opened Boomerangs. And the next day, Lance walks in and, you know, started firing off all these questions. And my guard was down and, and you know, started saying you suddenly everything. suddenly agreed yeah. to it. Yeah. And, and, that's but, what happens uh, when you meet Lance. <laughs> that's right. And uh, anyway, we, uh, we immediately hit it off. We went to lunch the next day and quickly discovered that we had a shared passion for pies. And, uh, you know, from there, you know, the, the rest is history, as they say. And, you know, we just uh, have been uh, growing and building the brand ever since with, uh, you know, keeping our values close to us and, and certainly with who we get to work with us and, and, the, and the, the people we do business with. So it's That's been a great. lot of fun. Let's talk a little started. bit of <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk a little entrepreneurial shop in this final segment. Um, how did you guys pick the name, and you know what was that quick process of making sure you could use it? Because it's kind of, it's sort of a, a, a name that you associate immediately with Australia. Yeah, absolutely. So we, you know, thought it was a, a strong name. Uh, came up with the name in Australia. Unfortunately, we had a lot of people visiting from the states and would you know run by the idea would would make them try it pie first and they got all excited and then kind of thought told them of the idea and everyone's excited and then mentioned the name and and it seemed like boomerangs was a strong name easy to remember had some marketing opportunities and you know ties to australia but not too much you know, and our tagline is Australian inspired, American made. Oh, so we've that's taken good. the you know we've taken the inspiration from the the handheld pie, but Americanizes because it's very difficult to pick up a a product that's successful in one country and implant it to Just another. Taste profile, whatever's a little yeah. bit. Yeah, Vegemite got, is probably not the best. Right. You know, <laughs> we have a steak and potato, but we don't have a kidney pie, for example. Yeah, yeah right. Know, that's right. Those right. kidney yeah. lovers out there. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you know, the boomerang just kind of stuck, and then you know, it was short and strong name we thought. And and, and uh, you know, got great feedback on it. Went from there. So you're, you've got the name, you've got it figured out, got the flavor profiles. How did you did you self fund? Where did you come up with the money to kind of launch it? Well, we we we're still bootstrapping. We we did self self fund at the beginning, and uh, you know, with with our own capital and then and then some debt as well, um, and a lot of sweat equity <laughs> went into oh. this. Um, and and then we've we've done some uh, funding rounds with angel investors. So we've gotten to the stage where we've got some history behind us and and have attracted some really good partners from the investment community here in Austin and throughout Texas as well. Great, Lance. How'd you get in your first store? We got into our first store mainly through Whole Foods. So Whole Foods came to the shop. Uh, they used to eat lunch there. They they loved it and said, "Hey guys, how do we get this in?" And we started uh, originally in their prepared foods area, uh, deli area, prepared foods area. And we were at a grand opening in Whole Foods in Dallas, and we were there. The grocery manager came over for the region. And five times and different occasions, wow. he came in and said, this product it needs to be in our all-natural frozen shelf. And uh, after that, we worked with him very closely to uh, develop the packaging, get our USDA certifications, and uh, launch it there. And that's how we uh, kicked off in, in the Whole Foods in the Southwest region. What was it like for you guys? I know you've, you've done other businesses, been entrepreneurial probably most of your lives. What was it like seeing that first time on that first product on the shelf for the first time? 
Oh, extremely exciting. This is cool. Rewarding. As Jack said, there was a lot of st- sweat equity that yeah. went into it, and the design of the box, and getting getting the pie uh, ready, and just every aspect of it. It was uh, a labor of love, and to see that on the shelf, and then actually be there with consumers and seeing them taste it as we did sampling all the time, we still do. Uh, see them have that passion to say, "Wow, this is incredible," uh, and and them grab a box or two, and sometimes three or four uh, is is just a real high. What's the? It's a tough question, and we only have maybe two or so minutes left, so I want to hit you with a couple of quick questions. What's the closest you guys ever? Did you ever look up one day, as all entrepreneurs do, and say, "Wow, I don't know if this is going to make it"? And how did you clear that hurdle? What What, what was it? We, well, oh, go ahead. I I, th- I think uh, any entrepreneur can attest to this. You you there's many times you feel that way, you know, because it right. can be overwhelming at times. But I think you really get in gear of being solution oriented you know because if someone presented to you at the beginning everything you would have to figure out or deal with you'd run you'd, you'd, you'd walk run away. for the hills yeah. but but you take it as a common you get very solution oriented and it's real important to have people that are are you know smart that you're surrounding yourself with that helps you with those problems you know and and open communication with that certainly helps perseverance uh is probably the key in any kind of entrepreneurial venture you're always going to be throwing those hurdles those roadblocks and it's how you get over them or under them or around them uh is the sort of definition if you're going to be successful yeah and and boomerangs would certainly not be where we are today without our uh, fantastic board of directors all of our advisors our sales and marketing team you know our, our broker network that sort of thing we we really have done a good job of picking out people that are excited and as passionate as we are about pies and and that's what we'd highly recommend to anyone starting out is get people involved that are as passionate as you are uh last question what's the big vision what what do you see or even if you just want to talk about maybe a new item that's coming along where where, what's the future look like for boomerangs i think that uh our future is what what we've always want to do we want to bring healthier food to american families uh to college students to students to individuals to baby boomers uh millennials and we have that passion to bring that food to them that's quick, easy, convenient to meet their American lifestyle, but that's also good for them. And that's what we're constantly trying to do. And we're going to keep that passion and having the highest quality ingredients and the best quality pies that we can possibly make. Leave our listeners with just a couple of the flavors that they ought to try of Boomerangs. Well, we've got our, our core flavors, steak and potato, which is one of our best sellers. Chicken and mushroom is a crowd fa- flavor. Uh, crowd favorite uh got a couple of new ones mac and cheese pie oh, which you can get man. here locally in austin and that's an organic pasta organic with penne a pasta all natural monterey jack and cheddar cheese combo with that flaky puff pastry if you like grilled cheeses you're gonna right. love this i think one. i know what i'm gonna eat for lunch <laughs> and also pepperoni is a new flavor as well so yeah. the mac which is and cheese cool it's and, like having a pizza and a yeah. kind of together those are our gateway pies if you will oh gateway. <laughs> Get them addicted. you guys are working the streets that's rough <laughs> Uh, This has been spectacular. Jack and Lance from Boomerang's Aussie Meat Pies. Boomerang's Pies, fantastic. Thank you so much for coming in and letting our listeners kind of get introduced to what we believe is about the tastiest thing you're going to find in the store anywhere. So thank you guys uh, so much for coming in. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. If you want to know more about Boomerang's Aussie Meat Pies, visit their website at boomerangspies.com. And that's with an S, right, guys? Boomerangspies.com. That wraps up this week's Natural Underground, brought to you by New Brand University and the Touch Agency, offering integrated brand building to over 100 brands in the Natural Channel. If you have any questions or comments on today's show, or getting your own brand off the ground, email us at info at newbranduniversity.com. 
We'd love to hear from you. We also invite you to join the Natural Underground community on Facebook at New Brand University. That's our show for the week. Thank you for listening. Thank you to our guest, Jack and Lance from Boomerang's Aussie Meat Pies. Thanks to our team of brand building experts here. We'll see you next week. You're listening to The Natural Underground.